This week on Pageant Pod, we're talking about show-stopping, jaw-dropping, rock-the-socks-off entertainment. Mm-hmm, that's right. Today's episode of Page Podge is all about the National Entertainer of the Year. That's right. We're talking with icons only, Aurora Sexton, Nina West, and we hear from our friend Tasha Cole about their times competing in EOY. And of course, we love to talk about this infamous night. We will be revisiting the 2010 Prelim Feeder Page California Entertainer of the Year competition that featured some of our favorite dolls and a certain former member of Identity Kane. Girl, get your scorecards ready, ladies. It's time for another episode of Pageant Pod. Forever. Representing hot tea, like the beverage. She'll bag it, steep it, drink it, not smoke it. It's your current meaning, Miss Dip and Sip, Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. And proudly representing the Screen Actors Guild, though nothing sags on her, she is your Miss Suckless Face and Body Sparkle Lotion 2019, 20 and 2021 concurrently. It is Wilhelmina. Good evening, panel of distinguished listeners, and welcome back to Distinguished listeners. (laughs) And welcome back to Pageant Pod, which we lovingly call... <laughs> That's right. In this eight-episode limited series podcast, we're exploring the fabulous and dramatic history of drag pageants and how these queer institutions helped shape drag culture as we know it. And today, we're turning off our phones to examine the the deep dive into the history of the National Entertainer of the Year pageant. That's right, EOY. So let's get into it. You like vowels? Sometimes wise one too. Let's get yeah, into exactly. it. Yeah. So EOY is um is not how you call a pig in South America. EOY. 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 It is not the sound Yara Zofia makes when entering a room. EOY. Entertainer of the Year, which was yes. created in 1991 by George Stinson and Ed Lewis. And they owned the, the bar, the Connection Complex in Louisville, Kentucky, which is a legendary bar. Uh, one of my good goddess friends, Calpurnia uh, Adams, worked there. We love, we love Connection. Um, mm-hmm. We spoke to Tasha Cole last week, and she was win- the winner of the first ever 1991 EOI. Mm-hmm. And uh, they drew their Entertainer of the Year inspiration from Female Impersonator of the Year, a one-time pageant held in Houston in 1985 and released as a cable TV special and home video. Yes, and the winner of that contest, the late Naomi Sims, is honored as EOY Emeritus. Mm-hmm. Now, there's plenty of categories for your nerves. There's presentation, which allows no time for a prop setup. Okay. And this is basically an introduction, hey, how you doing? Um, Three-minute category. Three Maximum minutes. three minutes. So what do you do? You walk out and say your – do you say your name or – You walk out and you try to make a good first impression basically. You say okay. who you are, where you're from, um, and you can do anything else that you want with these three minutes. But you cannot go over the three-minute mark because if you do – 
you lose points. But three minutes, I mean, you can get really creative with that. I mean, the the purpose is to introduce yourself, but I bet people get really, really wild with that. I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the remainder of that time can be used in any manner. And this is taken strictly from the EOI website. These are their rules. It can be used in any manner to present the contestant to the judges and the audience. So yeah. what, what did you do? Um, my, my presentation was when I was on my hoverboard. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And they kept screwing up my music. So it, I got probably six minutes for it well, because I kept a lot of ro- hovering. rolling on and off doing my thing. Uh, there was no crossing guard present, but honey, she was crossing. She was crossing <laughs> over. Crossing um, Jordan. And then my, my talent, um, <laughs> I was on Crossing Jordan. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, we all know, dear. Um, so presentation is worth 40 points. And uh, those points are carried over from the prelim night and added to the final night score. Oh, okay. So you do that mm-hmm. on prelim night. Work. Yeah. Um, For the for EOI, for the national EOI, for the prelim, which I was in, it was all done in one night. Okay, work. Um, so for talent, any type of entertainment, as long as it is legal, well, there, you could scratch off half your list, and does not create any danger or injury to either the contestant or anyone else. Again, they are really limiting our options. I mean, what are we like? What are we supposed to do? Legal activities that don't hurt people. Talent presentations are limited to seven minutes in length and girth. Um, <laughs> And the prop setup and breakdown time is limited to five minutes total. Uh, okay. All right. That's quick. Um, my, my talent would not have flown nowadays. I was doing a Dusty Springfield song called Crumbs Off the Table. Yeah. And I served a, 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 a roast chicken dinner and sang a song to uh, this hot guy. Well, that's, that's creative. Uh, it wasn't entertaining. Good. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. Uh, there, <laughs> this, this category is worth a hundred points and there's no restriction as to the number of people that may be involved in the talent presentation. Don't tell a queen there's no restriction. Cause she'll be mm-hmm. like, I have 1000 extras that will be part of this show. <laughs> I can see it. it. It basically happened on stage interview. Uh, is basically where each contestant is asked a question on stage, pretty cut and dry. Uh, and the question is composed from personal biography. Oh, so they take your personal bio that you submit ahead of time and they like base a question off of shit that you said about yourself. So you said in the third grade that you knew how to juggle. Uh, how will that help you if you win tonight? Well, I can currently juggle these nuts in my mouth. And there are a lot of responsibilities for Miss mm-hmm. EOY, and I am prepared to juggle them from dance rehearsals to photo to shoots, sh- photo shoots to show stopping performances. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> also, creative evening wear, which allows no prop time setup. Uh, evening wear may be of any color or style and should display creativity, imagination, individuality on the part of the contestant. In the evening wear category, we're they're looking for a total evening wear look from head to toe and the proper display of that look. This should not be costume. Ooh. 
No outfit commentary cards will be read during the portion of this contest. And it is freeform modeling, not soft sculpture. This category is worth 50 points. Okay, yeah, I I'm really good at freeform modeling, so I love that. And the t- the total number of points from each judge is 200 points. So, okay, it worked. I saw what you did in Milan for the resort collections in 2009. Your work proceeds, <laughs> t- you darling. And it trickled down into the bargain basement barrel that you fished that lumpy sweater out of. Something was fished. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You're blithely unaware of the fact that the entry fee for EOY is two hundred dollars. <laughs> Damn! Uh, contestants also must have qualified in a preliminary EOY pageant or mm. been appointed by an EOY ambassador to represent a title and compete. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prizes are pretty straightforward. Um, you get the category winners. So you get a plaque if you win interview or presentation or evening wear or talent. So each each winner of each category gets a plaque. Mm-hmm. And there's now, some cash money. Yeah, and these these cash money prizes are not straightforward. They're wiggly and backwards because what you spend on EOI will not amount to even a tenth of what the prizes are. That's always how pageants are. That's how Drag Race is. I mean, not my year. I didn't spend much at all. But I also didn't win. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) Fuck you, bitch. Uh, (laughs) I'm afraid it showed. Uh, (laughs) Second alternate, so that means like third place, you win $500. First alternate is $1,000. And then the the grand prize is $10,000. That's Mm -hmm. not bad. Uh, And the winner of Entertainer of the Year will receive $4,000 upon winning the crown. And oh. then in De- and this is an installment prize Big. because in December, then you get two grand and then you get the remaining four grand at EOI during your give up. So you have to show up for the give up. You it's like you, they got a deposit on that crown and I think they need it for the next girl or something. Well, it's like, the, you know, the saying, don't spend it all in one place. No, really, we mean it. We're not going to let you spend it all in one place. <laughs> yeah. We're going to we're going to leave you Scooby Doo do treats of money throughout right. the year. Girl. Well, the winner will be entitled to receive the $200 Entertainer of the Year booking fee for performing at the state and regional preliminaries during their reign. All contestants winning cash prizes will be paid immediately following the finale of Mm -hmm. the Entertainer of the Year contest. Okay, work. And just like with Miss Continental, they also have some spinoff titles. Uh, There's Mr. EOI. That started in 2002. And then King Entertainer of the Year was held from 2011 to 2018. And Femme Entertainer of the Year was 2015 to 2018. I wonder what that means. I think it's like AFAB queens. Oh, nice. Which and is fierce. We're going to be right back after this break with some divas who competed in the past and won Entertainer of the Year. Ooh. So stay tuned. So 
many talented queens have won the title of Entertainer of the Year, and many of them are names you may recognize from our conversations so far about other pageants. Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington, but her friends call her Gabby. Mm-hmm. Sunny Delight. Trinity uh, the Tuck Taylor. Mocha Montrees. Mm-hmm. Erica Andrews. Maya Douglas. Monica Monroe. That's right. And mm-hmm. we were lucky enough to snag a few interviews with former winners of EOY to share with you here. Mm-hmm. She is a queen of many talents, glamour, comedy, impersonation, and bitch, she can cross a crosswalk fiercely in West Hollywood if you're at Rocco's doing, uh-huh. a, doing a number, honey. And uh-huh. she's a drag queen's drag queen, a showgirl showgirl. She holds multiple t- pageant titles, and she started doing drag as a teenager. It's Aurora Sexton. Yes, Aurora Sexton was crowned a National Entertainer of the Year in 2011. Would you want to start by just uh, uh, telling us um, all of the titles that you've ever won? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't remember half of them. <laughs> but uh, the the major ones I, I won were Entertainer of the Year in 2011, Miss Gay US of A in 2016, um, Miss Renaissance in Atlanta, and then I won Miss Roscoe's in Chicago and a bunch of other bar and club pageants and preliminary pageants to other big pageants and top three finalists, Miss Continental and first runner up to drag queen of the year. Ding. I've been around the block girl a couple times. In general, what has your like pageant trajectory been and how'd you get into it? I won my first pageant in uh, Colorado at the age of 13. It was Miss Gay Pride Youth, Colorado. And that kind of started my trajectory of love for pageants. I got into my first professional review show at 15 and my mom had to sign a parental consent and come to half the shows, but they were in a restaurant. So I was technically allowed. And the girls that I met were involved in US of A pageants and Miss Gay America and all these other contests. And once I saw the videos, I was hooked. So I was literally studying these videos all through my teens, just waiting and ready to go, knowing I was going to blow the roof off when I finally got the chance. Many of our listeners first met Nina West on season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race, but she has been a name in the drag scene way before she was on TV. There's a street named after her in Ohio. She's a philanthropic queen who's raised more than $2 million for charities with her shows and events. And most recently, she hosted the Pride special for Disney Plus and did a duet with Kermit the Frog. We give you the uh, Entertainer of the Year 2008 winner Winner, the one and only Miss Nina West. Mm-hmm. Nina, can you just start by listing off all of the titles that you've won in pageants? Are you ready for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great Lakes Entertainer of the Year, National Entertainer of the Year. That's it. Okay. All right. So I won my, so I won my prelim and then I went to nationals and then I won nationals. Name all five Great Lakes Huron, <laughs> Michigan. Erie. Erie. That's all you can't shit. Erie. Cancun. Cancun Superior. Lake. Superior. And we're missing one. Michigan. Michigan. Huron. Erie. Superior. Titicaca. I don't even remember. I, I'm a terrible Midwestern at this point. Wait, is Titicaca? Girl, I'm from Erie. <laughs> 
that face, that face is eerie, girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Put on some BB. <laughs> it's a BB cream. BB cream. <laughs> Were you one of those girls who tried out different times for EOY and didn't win, and then no. you find? So you're that bitch who walked in <laughs> and done, swept honey. and won it. I did it once. So um, Candace caning about one time, one time, and that was kind of like. Uh, it's kind of it's like when you do drag race and you don't win people are like oh all stars all stars all stars i yeah. did i won and they're like oh next system next system next system and i was like mm. I, I think i'm done like i <laughs> i came and did what i wanted to do i don't want to jinx it and have everyone think it was a fluke so i think i'm good <laughs> you heard her on our miss gay america episode she's a classic diva who may have invented hip pads <laughs> calling in from the great state of texas give it up for Tasha Cole. She's on a landline. Tasha Cole was the first ever Crown National Entertainer of the Year in 1991. What was the difference between um, the Urain as Miss Gay America and EOI like? Were they similar know. or were the, did you have to do more prelims on one or was one more prestigious in your eyes? Well, they were just very, very different. I mean, th- of, of course, from the beginning when I first decided to do this as a career or it became a real thing for me. Of course, my ultimate goal was to be Miss Gay America because that was huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, back then that was, that was RuPaul drag race of what was going on, you know, back then. Um, So that was my ultimate goal. And it, you know, it was really cool and, and really held a purpose because it really elevated people into professional drag. It took people kind of out of that street drag and, and really gave it some credibility and, and some onstage professionalism and, uh, you know, putting your act together, getting everything done, dancers, costumes, sets, you know, uh, where you're actually doing like a business. And, and it was really became more of a professional sort of thing. And it was really cool to travel the country um, and, and um, you know, kind of take drag into these into these little places. Going on to EOY, um, it was a completely different sort of thing because EOY, it would—I mean, you're as a traveling as the reigning one. It's it's kind of the same sort of thing because you're just traveling representing the title. But it was cool with EOY because it was it was actually like Miss America made this thing about pageantry and excellence and all that. But it was all about the the pageant and interviews and and that kind of whole package thing. EOY went back to what I thought was really important about because to me it's like it's all fine and good that that you're perfect and you have your gown and every line and seam is in place and and you have a great interview. But if you go to a city where nobody knows you and you get on stage and nobody wants to watch you, it it kind of defeats the purpose in my in my opinion. So. EOY kind of was breaking from that, and it was reinventing the importance of the actual performance uh, mm. part. So I really, uh, that was one of the reasons I went and entered EOY. Well, that, and I was broke, and I really needed a car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Arguably one of the most viral modern pageant moments is Nina West's evening gown presentation. This was a huge dress reveal that revealed itself to be dancers in fabric costumes that made up the giant skirt of the dress. It was such a spectacle that years later, Sia borrowed the concept to use in her concert. So let's hear a little bit more from Nina. You know, what was really what's really crazy about that is like I just had this idea. 
and it was, and I had a really great group of people who helped me execute it. And I didn't ever think that it was like anything other than, I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is cool. And this is creative and this kind of fits the category and maybe people will like it. And when I, like when I went out on stage, so for entertainer of the year, when you do a final night gown, there's really no setup time. And so you're supposed to run on stage, the curtain's down, you run up on stage and you, you get set. And the contestant before me was so rotted and bitter towards, I had done so well over the Alaska, weekend. Alaska, you didn't tell me you did the pageant. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, but she was so mad at me for just kind of being there and doing well. And we were getting set and I turn over and I look and she looks at the guy who's raising the curtain and she, and she goes, oh, she's ready. And the curtain started <gasps> to open and it was all of a sudden like everyone started to like throw their hands on me and I was like, hurry, 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 hurry. And, like it was like frozen like that. So if you watch that curtain open, you can see just for a moment, everyone's kind of shifting underneath and it's frozen. Yeah. And I then, just watched it before we signed on and there's like a little, <laughs> you think, you feel like there's a breeze or somebody farted under there. <laughs> Well, and then we got off stage. So we got a standing ovation. People go nuts. Oh, they They're were losing, losing their it. mind. Losing yeah. their mind. Almonds, um, cashews, macadamias, we, everywhere. We walk, I was like, ah, 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 <laughs> And we walk off stage in that, in the, as they form the train, and I'm walking into the wing, and I see that same entertainer. She had this gorgeous beaded necklace, and it was on a, and she was on a ramp. She goes, ah! It was like, have you, do you remember um, in Tu Ang Fu, the opening? Um, Joey when, Arias, when he, when he <laughs> she goes, ah! Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. ripped off her jeweled necklace. She ripped it off and she was walking down the hallway and all of those beads started rolling down the ramp. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we did well. <laughs> oh my God. It was, but it was like out of it was like out of a movie. I mean, like it was insane. And I just I was not prepared for the reaction that it would have, let alone did I think that anyone would care about it. And did it would be anything? No, you you were beautiful. The updo, that steely gray color of the gown. Like yeah. honestly, you look at that and you're like, she knows she's beautiful. This is her moment. Like it was the honestly, first time I felt pretty. I mean, feels- I'm no joke. Like because I didn't take myself that seriously. Like it was like, like I just didn't take it seriously enough to be like I'm pretty because I was never called pretty. You know, like I was always like, oh, it's a big dude in dress, and I kind of adopted that and I ran with it. So then I got on stage in that moment. I was like, and you can see there's a moment in that video where I'm like really feeling myself. Feeling. Oh, like, she's oh, eating. Feeling. She was feeling. eating honey, it. Honey, she's popping corns, feeding yeah. the children. I mean, uh-huh. I was like, that's what the kids say, right? Um, <laughs> I was like, so, and I don't think I'd ever felt like that ever before. And I'd been doing drag for 10 years up to that point. Sia famously referenced your your living, moving dress um, at Coachella mm-hmm. in 2016. So did you know about that before or did you find out after? Did she contact you? Did she credit you? How did that go down? Yeah, no, no. Uh, after I found out and it was weird. <laughs> Short answer. Um, so, so I had no idea. So she opened Coachella with the moving dress. Mm-hmm. And Coachella at, at that point was two weekends. So she opened it mm-hmm. um, on a Sunday and she, then they had all those performances through the week. And during that time, someone was, they were taking pictures and it was on Twitter and people started tagging me and they're like, oh, that's Nina West dress. That's Nina West dress. And I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up. I'm like, what is going on? And I see, oh yeah, see a copy of my dress. Well, that's interesting. And I kind of felt like, a, I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And then I was like, 
that's kind of weird. You know, like I felt kind of, I felt kind of shitty about it. And then it came back around and she closed, she did another performance that following week, the same set. And um, by that point she had reached out to me and she had um, thanked me. And she had said that one of her designers took inspiration from me. She should have paid you. Copy me. And then, um, Sent uh, Maddie Ziegler over to do a personal fucking lap dance. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> she was swinging from the chandelier, honey. Um, and then buy you a chandelier, some swaps, bitch. <laughs> and then she, her designer reached out, um, and also thanked me, who was very, very lovely. They sent me her. her it's downstairs. I, it's her bow from the performance that she oh. started when she did the bow phase, Mark. and she was the one. For, and so she sent me that as a gift, and then she invited me out to. A concert in New York where I got to watch. I've, um, she was she was very nice about it. Um, I think that uh, you know Bob addressed this at one on a panel at DragCon before uh, before my season of Drag Race, which was really kind of interesting because he really said you know like there is something to be said for queer artists who are doing innovative work that's being uh, copied by pop stars and their designers, and they're not giving credit appropriate credit and paying them, like you said, and. I mean, I'm fl- I re- I've, I'm a fan of hers, so like I'm thrilled that she did it. I it, there is, and then she gave me credit, you know. But it was yeah. it was a definitely interesting thing, and it's cool after that, the fact. Yeah, after, after every after, after everyone had tagged her and everything, like that's not the way to do something, in my opinion. You, you take care of the people that like got you there, and that I I mean, and this is just what I, I think. Do you know, she, to be fair, oh, I don't think oh, she had any idea. You know what I mean? To be fair, I don't think she had any idea. I think you that know, her design, her designer, brought it to her as like, "Here's this really cool idea," and I think she was like, "That's sickening." Yes, yes, yes. Right. Here, watch and, this video of this drag queen doing it, and then you'll well, get it. That's well, what that, happened. I mean, pro- I mean, I don't know. I wasn't in the room, but I like to think that she didn't know, and I and I think she was very gracious at the at the onset. And I think was was I think a really interesting turning point was that I, there was a turn in the conversation that when I was on Drag Race and that was a part of my story and people saw that on TV, I think there was probably even a little bit more of a tail between the legs at least from her maybe her designer who probably was like we were, you know like but they were lovely. I should say they were lovely about it. But it was just an interesting turn. And this is why you're the kindness queen. I mean, like, look, I'm great. You know, but honestly, I, it's the I, way I to think, go. But, but seriously, listen to me. Like, I had no idea that I would ever get on Drag Race, and I thought that at that point, that was gonna be the biggest thing that happened to me. You know, like, here's C is copying me. That's amazing. And like, mm-hmm. if that's what I'm known for, that's what I'm known for. You know, I'm gonna still rock my shows out here in Columbus. I then and C copied me. You got your that's own cool. street in Columbus, ho. <laughs> you, I saw you were selling it on my corner. I know, and. I mean, I didn't know where to drop your 3.5%. You property value went down when you were in town. But oh, thankfully, Jan, Jan, and, uh, Jan and Jackie were just in town, so it just went down a little bit further. We're going to be back right after this break with more EOI chats with these divas. again nina west how did you start getting into pageants and and what led you to there yeah you know i i mean i'm from the midwest so there were like pretty much when i started drag there might have been maybe two or three kinds of queens there were pageant queens there were comedy queens and they're like and there were bar queens i mean like there was kind of this but rarely 
you know, did you see, especially in Ohio, like so many girls were just doing pageants. America was a really big system uh, in Ohio. Um, And so I was so committed to just wanting to figure out what my drag was. I still am trying to figure that out, but um, you'll get there. I mean, one day, one day. Um, but I was so committed to wanting to like just focus on that. And I didn't want to be relegated to America was like about the illusion of going from boy to girl. And, ooh, how can you know, how, look at you being a really good looking boy. And, oh, my God, you're a beautiful woman. And that just wasn't me, clearly. And then, you know, Continental was like so much about being a female impersonator. I mean, there, so so there are four big systems, right? So there's like Continental, America, US of A, and Entertainer of the Year. And every system was kind of marked by what it was known for, you know, yeah. what it's known for. US of A, dance, big production, you know, big showmanship, but like Texas, right? I think of Texas drag when I think of US of A. Oh, and yeah. I know you, yeah, you know, I mean, like, right? Well, I'm mean, like, you know so many of those girls, like, mm-hmm. you, like it's like- Jenna Sky. You, Jenna Scott, uh, Layla, LaRue. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, like, it's just this over, it's like this overness. It's just over the top and big and extra. Color spray. Like, color spray. Lots of color spray. <laughs> Hairline, yeah. And that body spray. Do you remember that body spray that you used to, like, uh-huh. tan your body? It was for legs. Do you guys there ever was, use that? The, yeah. the Sally Hansen. And they Sally would say, yes, yes. Please, please do not use this inside. Go in the back by the beer kegs. And everyone, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you have spray glitter too? Do the and you like rub it all over. Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to like blend it in with your like the rest of your foundation. Yeah. But then there was Entertainer of the Year. And so um, I had followed the system and some of the like the greats, like um, there was the goddess Raven who was from Atlanta, who used to, um, she worked with Charlie Brown mm-hmm. and she would actually like set the stage on fire and do this fire dance. And she would come to Columbus every year and you would just be mesmerized by Raven. And she was an entertainer of the year. And I was like, oh my God, well, what does that mean? And so I looked it up and it kind of encompassed all these different styles of drag. There were, there were, um, trans girls who were entertainer of the year there were comedy queens who were entertainers of the year there were big girls who were eoi there were you know queens who went on to win us of a or america were entertainer of the year and i was like oh it's a system that's really about one thing and it was entertainment so that's kind of what grabbed my attention in the pageant scene entertainer of the year is a place where talent is the main focus more so than a queen's beauty or grace per se. And that's the cool thing about having different systems to choose from. Some queens know they're busted, so they got to be talented. Let's do EOY. This is a system where people would drive out onto the stage in a car. This is a system where people would come down. I mean, legitimately come down from the ceiling, flying, doing an aerial routine before Pink did it. These are people who would be, I mean, it was insanity. It was like, how can we top the next person, not have life insurance and not give a fuck? (laughs) Like, who cares? I'm going to walk away with a $10,000 check. And it's like, this is just for $10,000. And you know what I mean? Like, at the time, man, that was, that was it. Yeah, that was, that was a big cash prize, but <laughs> that's the biggest prize I've heard about from the major pageant systems, isn't it? But you know, when you do America, the prize money might not be there, but you have all of those prelims, and so you put the the prelim booking your pre oh. your booking fee on top of all the prelims, plus the gifts that you get from the promoters. I mean, it's a like. America's a very generous system and it's the mm. oldest system. So like yeah. you walk away with like a wealth of booking fee and gowns and wigs and jewelry. I mean, like 
especially at the height of pageantry, you were getting all of it. You were like, yeah, we're getting handing you hand over fist more so than I've ever experienced in drag race. You were getting all the shit like you were, have all these jewels, have all this hair. Have I mean, it was insane. You know, my ultimate original goal was to be Miss Gay America. But in point of fact, I, I am and always will be more really fit into the EOY kind of thing than Miss Gay America, because I I was always in trouble as Miss Gay America because I was just <laughs> I was a druggie and a slut. And, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so, you know, that. they have a certain kind Miss America. You're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be like Miss fucking America. And I, it's just not who I was at 20 four years old, 25 years old. You know? <laughs> well, it sounds like you definitely had some fun. And honestly, I would love some tips on what to do because you do not look your age. And a lot of people don't like to discuss it, but it's public record. What the fuck have you done that you still look so fucking great at 65? I'm oh, Well, for starters, bitch, I'm only 63. So- <laughs> oh. I'll take this up with my producers. I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh, We're going to be looking for some new help yeah. soon. <laughs> well, um, honestly, and- sickening. You look like you could be in your 40s. I love you. Thank you. Uh, I do have a good surgeon. Uh, so there, that's always important. No, mm-hmm. uh, I did have a lift when I was 55. Um, mm. But basically, I got clean and sober when I was 51 years old. And mind mm. you, girl, if I look good now, imagine if I had not done the damage that I did for those three decades. Because right. I'm telling you, it was uh, it was a rough ride. But I got sober at 51. And then I gained a bunch of weight after I got sober because it's kind of just what you do, especially when you've been a meth head or smoking coke or whatever. Can mm-hmm. we say that on TV? Yeah, of course. Okay. I guess we're I, not on TV. <laughs> I agree. My my uh, my skin changed a lot when I stopped drinking. I've heard about one of your your acts from my Texas sisters. And uh, did you really travel with your own extension cord and Christmas lights for that wig? Yes, bitch. Because back then <laughs> there was no such thing as LED. And duct tape, don't forget the duct tape because you have to you have to duct tape that extension cord to your, to your ankle. ankle. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> there were some rainy nights and puddles on the floor <gasps> that I did wonder. <laughs> <laughs> you Damn. can't be a beacon if your light don't shine by Donna Fargo. The truth. Wow. It's no secret that Drag Race has impacted the global drag scene and influences the way new queens do drag and the steps queens take to further their career. But before drag was so prevalent on TV, queens would look to the pageant circuit to really make a name for themselves. Here's Aurora Sexton. Pageantry used to be, back in back pre-Drag Race, if you wanted to make a name for yourself and travel and you know, fame and fortune, all that you did pageants and, um, and well, you know, they're traditionally considered drag pageants, trans women dominated them, um, uh, because it was the, really the only outlet for, for trans women to do big things unless you were a stealth, you know, in, in mainstream society and nobody knew, um, and I, I think that's when, not not to get into it, but I think that's one area where, you know, drag race has been lacking in making some updates is making room for, you know, people of all genders and backgrounds as pageantry has done for decades. 
And before Drag Race, that moment defined me in this really weird kind of like underground subcultural pageantry, you know, uh, queen dumb kind of way. And it yeah. introduced me, like T, real T, it introduced me to so many queens along the way that we've since seen come up on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Tamisha Amon this way. I met... Um, she came I through? Mean, she, Did she show she, the kids she, what she was going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Tamisha Amon was coming for me. Um, <laughs> um, but I met a lot of these, I mean, I met all of these queens. And I'm lucky that I came at a time, also, this is what pageantry did for me. Like, I'm lucky I came at a time where I got to meet legends who like have since like i met erica andrews this way like and who was Mm. who was a living legend and um who was so good to me and so crazy with me and was the first one to get me like get me completely loaded at a prelim where i couldn't function and walk out and do my stuff do my (laughs) give up i mean like but i met erica that way and i met Calexis that way and i met like all of these big titans in the industry of the 80s and 90s that allowed me to kind of transition into the 2000s. And then it kind of gave me this like street cred a little bit to a, di- to a younger generation before Drag Race. So I had this whole other life and, and this whole other experience, which I'm really grateful for. Erica was the first person to give me cocaine and she did it two oh numbers my before my number and I had oh never God. done it. Came up behind me, put her fingernail right under my nose and said, mama. And I was like, Erica. And Crystal's like, Crystal Summers was right next to me. She's like, Ristress, she doesn't do that. Stop it. Because I was Crystal's friend and Erica was Candace's friend. And when we would all get together in Dallas, it was a time. We would see the sun come up, honey. Erica sent her trade home once. Wait, what did she do? Oh, she had trade come over before Halloween. And he was in a Mr. Peanut Halloween costume. And then she took the costume, she kicked him out, and then she called security. Like it said, there was a naked man. Like it was, Erica was the most fun. So I'm she glad you got so to hang out with her. Fun. And, and, you know, and like that's how I got to know Roxy. And that's how Roxy and I became mm-hmm. really great friends. It was through this, this whole other world. And, you know, pageantry is in this really weird state, right? Because drag race has so taken over kind of our culture and our conversation. And pageantry was that, right? Pageantry gave us these subcultural icons that you would yes. go to the bar and you would see like LaWanda Jackson doing Tina Turner. You'd be like, Oh my God, it's just like being at the concert. It's just like yeah. seeing Tina, but it what? but it was LaWanda, you know, and we don't have that so much anymore, but all these Queens that we loved and lifted up were kind of raised in pageants and toured the way you, the way to tour the country was to go do a pageant. To win, like yeah. That's how you got, that's how you got to go see the country was go do a pageant. You know we love to ask it. The shade, the sabotage, <laughs> the unladylike conduct unbecoming of a queen in the page. So let's get into these stories, these sordid tales. Oh, girl, they used to be vicious. Vicious. <laughs> I- I'm so curious about this period of time where they would be so, like, sa- saboteurs oh, yeah. of one another. Well, I never... I never experienced this personally, but I did actually, when you're at Miss Continental, like during the pageant, after I'd done my talent, we came back and my talent costumes had been stolen. And we did, they stole my, they literally stole my talent costume after I took it off. And we didn't see it for months. And then all of a sudden this girl posted a picture in it in Texas and oh and so what? I call I 
So, and it was, she was in Houston and I, so I called my girlfriend, Chevelle Brooks. And I said, do you know this bitch? And she's like, yep. And she went and beat on her door. She's like, so you thought you were going to go shopping, huh? And, and, you know, she said that two guys sold it to her. I mean, you know, so there's, there's boosting, there's, there's theft. Um, I know back in the day they used to shave glass bottles into girls powder so that when they would go to powder their face, they would have dots of blood all over their face because they had glass filings mixed in their powder <laughs> or they would um, tr- traditionally you'd keep a beaded gown you know in a box or a crate and they would just open it up and go through it real quick with a razor blade and just slash 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 so when you pick the gown up all the beads would fall off I heard of girls um, putting diuretics and cocktails so they'd shit themselves on stage um uh, I, there was one girl, I don't remember who, I think it was a Miss Florida pageant or something, but she, she said, if I don't win, she told her people, if I don't win, you mace the audience. And they did. She got like second runner of her first runner up and they just started macing the whole place. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I've heard stories of girls taking scissors and cutting up people's dresses, like going right up, going right up the back and cutting up the seam of the dress. I've heard girls when you could smoke in bars, putting their cigarettes out on gowns. I've heard girls. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, <laughs> like people just like just anything you can do to, like, mess somebody up. And it's a point game. Right. So. Queens would be evil to try to take away points from you so they ensure that they get they have more points for them. The best right. thing to do when you really hate a bitch, just take one of her shoes. <laughs> I, I've done that. I have done that. I've hit a shoe. I've given it back. I've always given it back. But I've definitely hit a shoe from this bitch that pissed me off one. Oh, my God. Well, I'm still looking for it. So. And it was a boot. <laughs> so it went with the whole outfit. I, she was mad. She still don't know who did it, too. <laughs> and all the other girls in the dressing room watched me, too. <laughs> Here's Aurora Sexton sharing a little bit about being a trans woman and how that experience relates to the pageant system and her drag artistry. I wasn't really exposed to trans people until um, I was about 15 and I saw the the videotapes of these national pageants. And I remember seeing Erica Andrews. Um, Mm. If you're not aware of who she is, please Google her. She was um, probably one of the fiercest trans women that ever walked the earth. She won every single title that was available at the time, including all the international ones. And um, when I saw her, I was like, I don't know how this happened, but this is what I want to be. Not, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be her, but I want to be like her. And then the first time I saw Miss Continental, I was blown away because it was almost all trans women. And they were, you know, not only beautiful and statuesque, um, but they were being applauded. and and mm-hmm. worshipped and put on pedestals, you know, and I, I'd, I'd never seen that before because anything I'd ever seen on TV about trans women was a joke or, um, you know, they'd be on Mari Povich and is it a man or a woman screaming man, you know, man. Um, I remember Erica was on Mari once and they did that. And I was just, 
it just blew me away. I'm like, how can you scream that at such a beautiful person? Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, as, as time has um, gone on, you know, there's, there's more inclusivity, there's more acceptance. Um, Miss Gay America um, doesn't allow trans contestants. Um, but they're, but that's been kind of their, their motto from the beginning is to be an all boy contest, um, which is fine. Um, I respect that. They've, they've actually, um, the owner, the current owners are two very nice men and they're very supportive of the trans community and they've had many trans, uh, women and performers on their judges panel. Mm. Um, you know, so, so inroads are being made. Miss Continental is traditionally a trans, um, pageant. Um, that was the only one I, I never won and I, I wish I had, but, um, but I'm, I'm so thankful for the training and the accolades that I received from that. And I think as, um, time goes forward and, and pageants evolve, we'll see, um, more trans performers getting their dues. And hopefully, um, in the near future, we'll see that on television as well. Here again, Nina West. When people say, oh, what's your advice to getting on a show like Drag Race? I'm like, be yourself. And then what's your advice for doing a pageant? Uh, Don't sacrifice points. Study the handbook. Try to figure out the best creative idea. Collaborate with people. um, Mm. Do everything in your power to represent yourself in a way that would be deemable to the system. It's not about being yourself in a pageant. It's about elevating yourself. Mm. But it's very different than doing drag race right and even drag race you're supposed to go as yourself but elevated for some people i mean that doesn't even work for some people so maybe there's no real tea but in pageantry like you have to you have to be a student of the system and so tea i mean do you know what i mean i mean tea 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 tea. (laughs) like you can't just i would never walk into us of a having never done it and never looked at who was for who was a former what do I bring to the system and what do I know about the system? If I don't know anything, who can I talk to about it? it pageantry, is, it's a game. Like there's an absolute game and there's a map in front of you and it's like a Da Vinci code. You have to take the cipher and completely figure out what breaks the code and opens the box. And for every queen, it's different. We would like to thank these divas so much for spending some time with us and talking about their pageant experiences And we would like to encourage everybody listening to look up all of these pageants online and these girls and give them a like, support them, tip them. The reason Drag Race is on TV now is because of these pageant girls beforehand. Big thanks to Nina West, Aurora Sexton, and Tasha Cole. Oh my God, thank you. And I, I, by the way, uh, Alaska, I hate you because my fiance gets up every morning singing that fucking... I don't wear wigs. This is my hair. I'm going to murder her and you both. It's a hit. When it's a hit, it's a hit. <laughs> oh, but every morning. <laughs> I love Thank it. Thank you guys so much. I so appreciate it. It's been a blast. And if you haven't seen the video of Nina West's evening gown come to life, make sure you check that out immediately on YouTube. It's a must watch. Seeing my sister just so beautiful and in like, you know, I want to say her prime, but she's all over now and she's really living and succeeding everywhere that she goes. Um, but check out Nina West's gown reveal. It's linked on our Instagram, Race Chaser Pod, too. We'll be right back after this break.
Now, California used to do the EOY prelims for many years, but they don't do it anymore. Maybe it'll come back. But currently, these are the only prelims that funnel the queens to the national EOY pageant. Okay. We got we South got... Florida EOY, mm-hmm. South Carolina EOY. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, Midwest, Ohio, Tennessee, Texas, Missouri, North Carolina, Southern Bale, and Gulf <laughs> Coast. If you listen to this show, uh, which you're doing right now, or Race Chaser or anything else we talk about, you've all heard us go on about the California EOI prelim 2010. It featured uh, such notable names as Willem, Detox, Delta Work, Chad, Jasmine Masters, Lady K, Shangela. Um, I know there's more that I'm missing. And I don't want to miss them because it, it was, was a who's who of all the dolls. But it, it was, was Shangela's great. night. Yeah. That year was so iconic, that 2010. We're going to do a live watch-along of the video of Shangela doing her Entertainer of the Year talent performance. Can we please? So, <laughs> Oh, is this a Twilight theme yeah, opening? Yeah, and they, they face-swapped Shangela and Kristen Stewart out. Oh, and like, my God. It's the part where Kristen Stewart falls off a motorcycle and then the werewolf pisses on her or something. Oh, it's like a God. super cut Twilight trailer starring Shangela. That's amazing. That's so funny automatically and so current. Oh, okay. So she's starting at the top of the stairs in a gown doing a ballad back to Kelly Clarkson. We know something's coming. Wait, I'm doing a dancer count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight dancers so far. And they are tr- writhing on the floor. She has a fake tree. She has six stairs, a mountain, a Oh, yeah, Stonehenge. there's like rocks, like rock formations that she's built. She's taken off the coat. She's corseted there with is- a peplum and a dance pant. Honey, there is fucking ruffles down her arms and legs. There's a lift. And she's just getting started. Already the audience is in her hands. Dancers with no shoes. Wow. Of na- These are the werewolf dancers. Oh, I see. Because, um... <gasps> she falls off the thing into the arms of her dancers. So she's like a dead vampire now. And she's being carried out by the dancers. A little Lady Gaga thrown in there for your nerve. Ate my heart. He ate my heart. Oh, and I know that dancer. He used to be a go-go boy for me. <laughs> the whip crack sound effects. Impact sounds. Look at those three just chilling behind the rock like they're waiting for their <laughs> drinks. <laughs> Shangela did not paint herself that night. No, she did not. Dickies. They have some sort of fabric dicky, one sleeve garment. And if you do not have a siren going off in the background of your drag mix, are you even doing drag? Nope. <laughs> Oh, 
Uh oh. We're at four songs he, in this mix so far. Yes, he Shandula just, just got her shut into, into a, Nar a Narnia closet wardrobe. Then there's a minute of darkness. And then she has an onstage spotlight, which shines up to the balcony and misdirects another performer up there, and you think she's up there. Wait, really? During yep. that minute? Uh huh. Yeah. When that spotlight comes on, everybody thought she was up up there. The camera can't catch it, but that's pretty epic. And then shockingly, she comes out of the same Narnia closet that they just put her in. <laughs> and we are on song five now of the mix. Good. Yeah, y'all were fucked when she showed up with this talent. Y'all did it stand a chance. <laughs> Song six, strength. Jennifer Holiday. And we are currently at 10 dancers. She is like hitting it so, she's so such an amazing entertainer. Like she's so good at dancing, but it's not just the dance, it's like the intensity and like the energy and the acting. She really is Windmill 8 count The fucking best at this shit Classic man. She really is Yup there you go And then all the dancers leave And she's like I'm just gonna go off you guys And she does a backflip We're back handspring I'm obsessed with her I love her so much Wow Ladies bitch Ladies and gentlemen In the talent category Your contestant number 8 Put your hands together For Shangela Wow, bitch. That's mm -hmm. really good. Yeah. Everybody got the strength, 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 strength. In fact, that year, our our good friend of the pod, Nina West, was one of the judges that night. And here is her account of the night. I'm still waiting for my score sheets. What's really funny about my Entertainer of the Year journey was in 2010... I judged California Entertainer of the Year. I was head what judge. What did you score me, cunt? <laughs> uh, you came out. You came out on that segue, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> I'm segway. in love. She came out on a segue. That's how I met. That's how I met. Detox. That's how I met. Shangela, uh, Chad, Shangela, Delta. Chad, Delta. That was, and it was a good like, show. It was. It, it, it was insane. Yeah. And this bitch comes out on a segue. <laughs> it was just. So good. I think I scored you well. You know why I was on the segue, right? Because those little batons, I didn't want to scratch the bottom. <laughs> because <what> I, <laughs> my husband told me I could keep them if I won. And so I was like, uh, these are going back to the store. And they did. But they screwed oh. up my music like three times on that entrance. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot about that. Can you tell us about the other judges? Who was drunk? Who left? Wasn't um Danny Aubrey, Kate? Aubrey, Aubrey was fucked. Alyssa Aubrey was, was in there. and out. Alyssa Erica, was... Al 
Alyssa was might as well have just not been there. There was a drag race producer on the panel and she and she was so up in his business and turns out next season she was on. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I should have been doing that. I should have been paying attention to him. Alec Mappa was the host. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who else was on the judges panel? Um, oh my gosh. Um, um, uh, uh, was uh, Erica? She was... I know she was there because she kept coming backstage to um, get people uh, nutted up. <laughs> <laughs> no, one of the play, one of the playmates, one of um, oh um, oh from ha- Girls Next Door or the, yes. uh, the bunnies. Um, was it Holly? It was Holly or Madison. Kendra? It was Holly Madison. Holly. Holly Madison, yeah. Yeah, and weren't two judges' so... scores thrown out that year for incomplete or um, inconsistencies? Everybody was walking around. It was at the old, uh, it was at the, um, where was it at? House of Blues. And, like, everyone was so fucked up. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Ron Davis was pr- promoting, and he's like, we need the scores. And I'm like, I can't get the scores because nobody's here. <laughs> like, nobody's here to score. <laughs> so <Just> leaving. <laughs> just judges thinking just... it's a cocktail party. <laughs> just... <laughs> It was a mixer. It wasn't a pageant. It was. Girl. It was. Do you remember the girl that started bleeding from her face on stage? Uh, her name was Lady K. She was doing a Britney song and she went down to the floor, slammed her head and came up oh and blood God. started trickling out of her wig. It was great. And she yeah, had drag race. On. Drag race might not be a contact sport, but pageantry sure is. <laughs> yeah. I remember there being a camera that when they were filming, just like them telling us something the day of, like during when we all got there. And I remember thinking, like, I don't have my hair on. Stop filming me. And I, I, I didn't say that. I, of course, just got out of the camera's way. Um, but it was, it, it felt like it was, maybe it was cameras there for whoever they thought that was going to win, or for their package or whatever. Mm, that could be. But, um, you know, they, as someone was always filming something. It's Hollywood. You're used to cameras being around. Um. I was drunk. I was drinking before I got there. Um, and once I was there, I was smoking pot uh, while detox was being spray painted silver. So I was also high. Um, yeah. It was a great time. <laughs> well, uh, we encourage you to go watch a pageant in person if you ever can. Um, a, a bar pageant, a prelim, national level competition, whatever you can. And we thank you so much for joining us on Pageant Pod this week. From the heat wave state of California, I, a proponent of all things red and wild, and a participant in non hip pad summer, it's Alaska. And please get on your feet like Gloria Estefan for the whirling dervish herself, the hoverboarding harlot with amazing agility abilities. It is Willem! And we will be back next week with more pageantry, glamour, and of course, a little backstage drama and conflama. Always. Next week, we're going to be talking about Miss Gay US of A with more clips from Aurora Sexton and interviews with Kentity Davenport, Tamisha Iman, and maybe even more icons. Remember to check out the Pageant Pod playlist on the Forever Dog YouTube channel for all your pertinent pageant video clips and references. It's just a good time over there watching the divas in the gowns and the doing things. That's right. Also, if you have any pageant related news, BTS stories, or amazing pageant clips, please send them to us at racechaserpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Tip your bartenders and good night. 
Actually, good morning, because it's 3.45 in the morning. See you at the Waffle House. Forever. Pageant Pod is a forever dog and moguls of media production hosted by Alaska and Willem. Produced by Big Dipper and Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli. Alaska Thunderfuck. Big Dipper. Brett Bowman. Joe Cilio. And Alex Ramsey.